0: Good morning again. Good morning. <coughs> Turn to your neighbors. Say you look, great today. You look great, today. great today. I am so glad you're here. I I want to tell you, um, I know that you try to be here every Sunday anyway. But I want to encourage you to be here every Sunday for this series. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be powerful, and um, I, I want to encourage you to be here. So. Uh, make, make your Sundays uh, important, put them in, the, in a top place there of importance, and be here on Sunday, and um, it's going to be a great, great day. And look, I wore black today uh, for a reason, because um, I'm still a Saints fan. I just want everybody to know that I'm still a hoodat, you know, and I will not be watching the game today, and uh, come on. I'd rather watch Sesame Street, right. so we've been robbed, but we're going to forgive just after today, <coughs> all right, but I do hope the Rams win, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, Acuna Mission Trip, how many going to go with me, to Acuna Mardi Gras weekend, you're going to go with me, raise your hand if you want to go with me, listen, if you don't sign up, you're going to get left out because there's a list that's getting short, we only have a little few more spots left, if we have any, I'm not really sure. But it's going to be a great missions trip, and um, we're going to go do children's ministry there. We're going to be on the streets. Um, I was just there this past weekend and preached. And I'm telling you, the glory of God fell in that place. They had a very new faces I'd ever seen before. God's doing something amazing, and what we're partnering with there is bigger than you can even imagine uh, what God is doing. And so it was so cool because Sunday um, they texted me and it was trying to get a hold of me. And I could we couldn't reach each other, but um, so they asked me to preach and. And for, I'd sent a text back, but it didn't get through. So when I got there on Sunday morning, the pastor, uh, he said, uh, are you preaching? And I was picking at him, and I said, no, 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 you're preaching. He goes, oh, I'm ready. I, I didn't hear back from you. And and uh, he said, I am. I got my notes right here. I'm preaching from Hebrews 11. And I started laughing because I opened up my iPad, and the Lord had given me a fresh word from Hebrews 11. Nice. And so I preached about f- 15 minutes, and then he took over. We tag-teamed. And he preached uh, quite a bit longer than that, but we had an incredible day, and I just was another sign that the Lord has unified our hearts together, and God is speaking to His church, and that God's doing something amazing. And so I don't want you to feel like that uh, this is something happening over there. This is something happening here that's over there. Yes. It's a part of who we are and what we're doing in the kingdom of God, and it's so amazing. So if you want to go on this trip, you want to see it firsthand. This is going to be a great trip. We're going to leave on a, a Friday morning and we're returning on s- a Monday night. So it's short and sweet and it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, so uh, join us, join us if you'd like to go. And, uh, and let's see what God would have us do. All right. Um, let's see what else I had to talk about this morning. This Monday night is our last... Monday night of, of prayer here at the house. It's not our last Monday night of prayer. I heard somebody say, we're having our last Monday night prayer. I was like, no, we're having our last Monday night here of prayer. We want to encourage you to continue to pray with your families and, f- and pray with people and gather people in your home. We really feel it's so important that this year that we get the church outside the four walls. Amen. And so we want to encourage you not just to come here and pray, but to gather people in your home to pray and to build relationships, and let's have a time where we really make prayer an everyday part of our life, obviously, but that we gather people in our home to pray, so we want to encourage you to do that, and pray with your families, and, and let's just move into, we've had six amazing years of Monday night prayer, and I've never been to a Monday night prayer that I wasn't blessed, I've never left Monday night prayer and saying, oh man, that was terrible. Not, not a single one. Matter of fact, I have drugged myself in here on a Monday night, feeling like I could barely make it, and left here energized and charged yeah. because God does something always amazing on Monday night. But we feel like this season of, that we're going to move into, that, that we're moving the, the ministry of the house is going to move outside the four walls of the church, and so we're encouraging you to do that. And everybody said amen to that. Amen. Why don't we give Monday night a big hand because it's been awesome. So this Monday night... It's going to be our last Monday night, and it's going to be powerful. So what I want you to do is I want you to come pack the house out Monday night, and we're going to go after God. We're going to launch some vision, and then we're going to have live worship, and it's going to be incredible. So everybody put on your calendar for tomorrow night, and let's be here, and let's pack the house out, and let's go out with a bang like we started with a bang. Can I get a better? Amen? amen? And then last but not least, all these announcements. I want to thank you for your giving this year. It's been an incredible year and uh, this past year, and I want to thank you for giving. Um, you're, you, you're, this church gives, gives, gives. And um, there was a question asked at the bank. Was, we was redoing our loans this past couple months, working through that, and uh, they, there was a question about our church, and we said, well, we don't have a lot of money in the bank because we give a lot of stuff away. And that's a good thing. Amen. Amen. It's because we're a giving church, we're reaching the world, we're touching missions, we're touching locally, and we're, we're serving people, we're feeding the hungry, and I want to continue that to be at the heart of our house. Um, so as you give, uh, be thankful for what God has done. This is going to be an explosive year. I just feel it in my bones, and uh, so I'm so excited about it. So I'm going to be uh, doing a series called Val. I as you saw the bumper video. It's awesome. And uh, many times we hear people say, never make a vow. Never make a vow. So I'm gonna break this down for a few minutes. So what is a vow? What is a vow? Straight from the dictionary. It's a solemn promise, a pledge, or a personal commitment. Marriage vows are a vow of secrecy. It's a solemn promise made to a deity or a saint committing oneself to an act of service or condition. It's a solemn, earnest declaration. The word vow is mostly used in the Old Testament, and it's the Hebrew word nadar, to make a promise. I want you everybody to say that, to make a promise. Let's take some of the key words in the definition that we just read, promise, commitment, service, declaration. How many believe in promise, commitment, service, and declaration? Declaration. Every Sunday, we're making declarations here. Every day, we're serving, we're, we're, we're serving and we're pouring into other people's lives. We have a commitment that, that we've been talking about this morning, and we've made a promise to God. So we, we believe in these definitions of the word, a promise, a commitment, a service, and a declaration. These words are more commonly used throughout the Bible than the word vow. So if we're asked to make a, a, make a sentence using the words listed above, it might go something like this. I make this declaration a promise to commit my life to serving the Lord. I make this declaration a commitment, a promise, a commitment to serving the Lord. Or it might say something like this. I promise to love and to serve you all the days of my life and to give you my full commitment. This is my declaration to you. That's what a vow is. So a vow is a a single word of declaration saying I am. I promise, I promise. In James 5:17 5:12 uh, I'm sorry, in the Passion translation, it says, "Above all, we must be those who never need to verify our speech with truthful by swearing by the heavens or the earth or any other oath. But instead, we must be so full of integrity that our yes or no is convincing enough, and we do not need to stumble into hypocrisy. Matthew 5:33 says it like this. Again, your ancestors were taught, never swear an oath that you didn't intend to keep, but keep your vows to the Lord. However, I say to you, don't bind yourself by taking an oath at all. Don't swear by heaven, or heaven is where God's throne is placed. And don't swear by the earth because it's the rug under God's feet, and not by Jerusalem because it is the city of a great king. And why would you swear by your own head because it's not in your own power to turn a single hair white or black? Can you say amen to that? But just let your words be ring true. Just let your words ring true. So don't say a thing that you would say without thought or intent or prayerfulness or or just as a response or a reaction. But let our words ring true and let them be prayerfully soaked And let what we say, our yes be yes, and our no be no. It's so important, so important. And let your yeses and your yes be no and your no be no, and then you never have to explain. You know a person that always just reacts always has to explain. A person that doesn't think through or prayerfully live their life is a person that has to explain why it didn't go the way they said it was going to go. But if you know who you are and know what you're created to do and you know your purpose in life, it all comes back to this one thing is I know who I am in Christ and so my yeses are yes and my no's are no's. So good. So we live in a world where commitment is lacking and everything is negotiable. Can I get a better amen about that? Everything is negotiable. Everything is negotiable. Uh, where, where, where there's t- uh, uh, in a time where men's words, there was a time when men's words was their bond. And I, I remember, and I'm not that old, I'm only 55 years old, but I remember a time when a person shook a man's hand, it meant something. I remember the days when you could walk into a bank or you could call the bank before you went to the bank and said, Hey, this is Marvin. I I need to make a loan. Uh, I'm coming down to the bank. Hey, Marvin, oh, come on down. We'll have it ready for you when you get here because your word was your bond. And a man's word was worth something. And nowadays, we sign contracts that don't really mean a whole lot. We sign contracts and we say we're committed, we sign this contract, but then we find a loophole and a wiggle room and a way to get out of it because we're not committed to the contract that we sign. It's important that we understand that when we make a contract or when we give a yes or we give a no, that we stand by that and it's not negotiable. There better be some things. I'm just going to stop right here for a minute. There better be some core values in your life that are not negotiable. There better be some things in your life that, that when people say your name, they say, well, this is what I know about them. Not what they said, but what they do, who they are, how they live, and they're committed. If they say they're going to pay you, they're going to pay you. If they say they're going to show up for work, they'll be there. They're committed. You can count on them being there. If they say they're going to pray for you, there's not, that's not just some word. They're praying for you when they say they're going to pray for you. It's a place of integrity. It's a place of commitment that moves you to the heart and the very purpose of God. Can I get somebody to say amen? amen. So it makes a difference in our life when we have some non-negotiables. We have moved to a place where it doesn't seem to matter. But I want to say this to you this morning. At the same time, we should not make a vow that's frivolous, that we're not really to, willing to carry out, that, that, we're, that we haven't soaked in prayer. Like a person that's in the hospital, and they're, they're ill, and they're on their deathbed, and they, 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 they're afraid, and they're fearful that they're going to die, or they think they're going to die anyway, and they may not even really going to die. But they say, oh, God, if you will just get me out of this hospital, I promise God I'm going to serve you. I'm going to give you everything I've got. And then the next week they walk out of the hospital and they're never seen doing anything or serving God. Let me tell you something, that's a dangerous place to be. Because you made a vow to God saying, God, if you will do this for me, God, if you will heal me, God, I give you my word. And then you don't keep your word. Is anybody with me this morning? Oh, well, pastor, everybody. No, no, not everybody does that. As a matter of fact, we should not do that. We should let our yays be yays and our nos be no. As a matter of fact, our commitment to God is probably the highest commitment that you can make. It is the highest commitment you can make. So be careful what you tell God you're going to do. All right. Everybody say, I'm with you, pastor. All right. So in Deuteronomy 23 and 21, if you make a vow to the Lord your God, you shall not delay fulfilling it. For if the Lord your God will surely require it of you, and you will be guilty of sin. New Testament says, he that knoweth to do good and don't do it, to him that is a sin. If you've committed something to God, listen, I'm just going to throw something silly out here. If you said... Well, let's not be silly. Let's just use a, let's just use a, a guy, uh, Samson. He made a vow. There was a vow. There was a commitment between him and God. That he would never cut his hair. He made this commitment to God. It was a commitment. If you say, God, I'm going to do something, and you commit that to God, then you need to follow through with that. You don't need to be wishy-washy about that. Well, God, I'm going to follow through with it if all, if all the stars line up and everything is just right in my life. Or if it doesn't cause me any problem. No, I'm committed to God. I'm going to do what I said that I was going to do. Are you with me this morning? Amen. So you shall be careful to do what has passed your lips. For if you have voluntarily vowed to your Lord, your God, what you have promised with your mouth. And when we say to the Lord, give me i give you my life we need to mean that i give you my life this is my life god i'm i'm surrendering it to you i fully give it to you i fully live my life and there's no turning back and i'm not leaving a little wiggle room i remember a cartoon i saw years and years ago a guy was being baptized and he said lord i give you everything and then they were holding him on the water but he was holding his wallet out of the water And oftentimes we're saying, Lord, I give you everything, but we're holding a little something above, leaving a little wiggle room. Because just in case, so what you're doing is you're making provision for the flesh. Like, Lord, I really like this part of my life, and I'm not going to give you this. I'm going to give you all of this, but not this. It's something supernatural that happens in your life when you surrender fully to God. When you say God I'm giving you everything now here let me let me say something here because I grew up in old school where it's like give your heart to God and it felt like a plague and you was walking around with this bondage over your life and it was legalism and all that stuff. When you give your heart fully to God, there is no greater reward and there is something there is going to be more for you than you even thought you could have by the way. Yes. So it's not a curse, it's a blessing. Like, oh, I got to give my life to God. I'm just going to walk through life all miserable. I can't do what I want. No, listen, you do anything you want to do, you're a free moral agent. Right. But when you give your life fully to Christ, He blesses you beyond your imagination, your thoughts, or anything that you could ever come up with yourself. So we step into the promise of God knowing that there's going to be more than we could even imagine. Right. Are you with me this morning? Yeah. It's not a plague, it's a blessing. Yeah. It's a blessing. So do we commit our life to his plan, or do we just need him to clean up our messes that we make and continue to make because we have not fully given our lives? So oftentimes we treat God like a janitor in our life. We go from mess to mess. You know, the Bible says we don't go from mess to mess. It says we go from glory to glory. But we go from just mess to crisis to crisis, from mess to mess, and we're just all out there, and, and then we get in trouble, and we feel like I remember in my own life, I remember when I was an addict and I was dealing drugs, I, I would feel like the cops were going, were coming down on me, or I felt like uh, I was about to get uh, worse than the cops, Was that I was about to get you know, nailed by some other addicts by the thugs and so then i would have these i would run to church and i'd go to church and i'd be oh jesus i'm gonna be good i'm gonna be a good boy because i don't want to die so god clean up my mess right now now here's what i love about god god's grace is sufficient even when we're ignorant i'm gonna say that again now, let me say it where y'all can really understand. God's grace is offici- sufficient even when we're stupid. Now, I'm going to say it again. God's grace is sufficient even when we're ignoramuses. I, 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 I don't want to use any more adjectives. I might get wound up. But, but even when we just completely are knuckleheads, God's grace is sufficient in our life because he loves us greater than our stupidity. But we're not, we cannot walk in the promise of God or the provision of His fullness of God when we're half committed to God. And we're only using God to clean up our little messes. But when we commit fully to God, and we say, God, I'm fully committed. I'm all in. I'm 100%. There's something that I cannot even explain or put in the words that happens And the supernatural takes over in our life, and God begins to add things to our life that we would never have been able to have before without him. And we move from that God-clean-my-mess to, "Ooh, I'm living in the glory of God. Man, I'm living in the provision of God. I'm living in the fullness of God. When I was a kid, we always sang these songs at church. like When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that would be. And won't it be wonderful there? And we were always trying to escape earth because earth was just terrible. Every song we sang was like, get me out of of here, God. This place is terrible. Take me to another land. Can't wait to die. Lord, take me now. I'm breathing my last breath. Because we didn't understand the goodness of God. Because we were living under this plague of God's of the of God we was living under this bondage oh I'm just bound to God I'm just suffering through this vow I've made no 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 when I make a vow to God God says I'm going to open the windows of heaven and I'm going to pour out my blessing upon you more than you can even comprehend and now I'm living in the joy of the Lord now I'm living in the goodness of the Lord now I'm living in the peace of the Lord are y'all with me this morning? Am I making any sense to anybody? And my contract with God is far better than what I ever thought it would be. Man, that's good. We're not just say, Lord, I promise to commit to you because I'm not sure what to really expect, or what's gonna really happen. I just give you, Lord, my heart, and God, you just, I'm just, no, we need to see the things that God sees about us. How many like to drive a new car? There's nothing like the smell of a new car. You know, you could put those little things in there that says new car smell, it don't work. That's a joke. Just go ahead and get vanilla or something. Because <laughs> you, you, can, you can put it in there all you want to. It's not going to work. Just something about a new car smell. It's about getting that new car, and you're driving that new car, and you just, mm, it smells so good. And you just want to keep driving because it's new. And then about a month later, you just don't want to drive it at all. It's just that new car smell. You know, when, when, you, when you understand how good God is, you, you, you get in a place where you enjoy the presence of His goodness. I feel something right now in the spirit. It's not not where I thought this would go right here, but I feel something that God wants to say to you. Like, he he wants you to enjoy the ride. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the presence of God. This is so good. You You know where that enjoyment comes from? It comes out of that place of I'm committed, I'm fully in. I've given you my all, God. That's so good. Galatians 6. Do not be deceived. God has not mocked whatever man one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows in his own flesh will reap the flesh, will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, don't give up. Now, I've preached about the goodness of God. I believe in all that. There are going to be difficult times in our lives. Listen, if you have no bumps in your life, you might want to see where you're going. Tweet that. If you have no bumps in your life, you might want to see where you're going. If everything's always wonderful, you might be smoking something. Let me just get real with you this morning. All right? If you're serving God, there's going to be bumps in your life. But we focus on the difficulty instead of on the purpose. When we get our mind and heart set on God, we have determination that I'm never going to give up. You know why I made that determination? Because I made a vow back there. I made a promise back there. I made a commitment back there. I'm going to serve the Lord. So when I get to difficult times, you know what I go back to? I don't look at the stuff and the mess in front of me. I look at the promise that I made to God and God's made to me. And David said like this, I'm facing a giant, but I remember when I killed a lion and a bear. God was with me then. He'll be with me now. Are y'all with me this morning? Bump your neighbor with your elbow and say, get off your phone and wake up. I'm the preacher's preaching to you. (laughs) He's not preaching to somebody across the room. He's talking to me right now. I need to listen up. Hey, God's got supernatural things in store for you. Don't get focused on the junk. Get focused on the purpose. Don't let a little bump. Don't give up. Don't quit. We may have vowed to the Lord to serve him. We must live our lives full of the promise that we have made and full of the promise that he has given. I love what Matthew said a while ago, or, or maybe it, was, it wasn't Matthew, it was Tony that said it. When you were when you up against the situation, remember the word God gave you. Don't look at the measure and look at the word you've been given. That's what matters. That comes out of a place of relationship with God. Worship team, y'all can come. A few years ago, a young lady um, was attending our church and, and she had been being discipled very well, and it came to the point of her and her relationship with God, her new relationship with God, that. Uh, she was going to be baptized. And so I, be, I remember talking to her about baptism and she was like, no, I'm not ready yet. And I was thinking to myself, well, you know, it's, you, you should be ready. And, but I didn't force her in pressure. So one day we were talking and I said, and baptism came up and she, she just began to weep. And I said, well, what's, what's wrong? And she said, well, I don't want to be baptized because I'm not fully committed to living my life 100% yet. And I don't want to m- make a promise to God that I'm not going to keep. Because it's more than just a ceremony. At that moment, I I changed my whole thought process right there. I look at this young lady who said, look, she was not not saying I'm not going to be baptized. She said, I'm not going to be baptized until I am ready to make this full commitment to the Lord. It was a Monday night in prayer. And I was over here on the floor, and I was praying. I was kneeling right over here, and I was praying. And then someone tapped me on the shoulder and said, I'm ready. And I looked up and like, what? What are you talking about? No, I'm ready to be baptized. I said, okay. I said, we'll do it, Sunday." She goes, no, I'm ready to be baptized tonight. <laughs> she went from I'm not really sure, I'm not. I'm not committed to this point where she had made this alignment with God. And she said, I'm committed, God. I'm making a promise before you. I'm, making, I'm committed to your plan for my life. And I'm going to tell you something. That was the most life-changing baptisms I've ever seen in my life. Because when that girl went down in that grave and she came come up out of that watery grave, her life was forever changed. And I just want to tell you something this morning. It wasn't because we put some really different water in the baptistry. It was just good old tap water from Hammond, America. But there was something about her commitment to God that she said, I'm making a promise before God that when I come out of this watery grave, that just like, he, just like him, I'm going to be a change forever. I'm going to be a new creature in Christ. And I've watched this girl live her life completely sold out to God. Committed. It matters. And so, listen to me today. I, I don't want church to be legalistic. I hate that. I, I can't, there's, there's nothing I can't stand more than the rules and regulation and legalism and jump through this hoop and go through this and do that and all this just to fit in. I, that's not what this is about. This is about a personal relationship between you and God. That you say, God, I'm fully committed to the cause of Christ in my life. I'm fully committed God. You, you gave your son to die on the cross so that I could have life and I could have it more abundantly, God. It's not me just coming to church. It's not me just hoping to be saved. It's not just me uh, going through the motions, God. But this is a, a daily walk that I have, a commitment, a vow before you, God, that I belong to you. And it's my purpose. It's my life. I'm committed to it. So here's the question I have for today. Are you fully committed to Christ? I know we're going to have struggles from time to time with things. I I get that. Look, look, I'll be the first to tell you that I'm not a perfect man. There's times that I sin. There's times that I don't do everything I'm supposed to do. Paul said it like this, the things that I know to do. You know, I don't do them. The things that I, I, I just, I just, sometimes I just, I don't make the grade. I don't, I don't do everything I'm supposed to do. And John tells us this in 1 John 1 says, This is the message we've heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and to him is no darkness at all. And if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, As he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all of our sins. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and and the truth is not in us. And if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. A vow to God is not a place of perfection because we're imperfect people. But a vow to God is saying, God, I'm going to do all that I can through prayer, through your word, and through the denying of my flesh to serve you. And when I fall, I shall arise. I will continue. I will not give up. I will commit my life. I will be there every single day for you, God why it's true that we've all sinned, why it's true that we've made mistakes, I want to tell you today, that doesn't make you a dirty, rotten sinner. That's right. Oh, man, the enemy would like for you to believe because you made a mistake that you're a no-good, cast-out, thrown-away, rotten sinner. But I want to tell you today, that's not the truth. I want to tell you His grace is sufficient for your life. I want to tell you His goodness and His mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Is this a ticket to go on sinning? God forbid! Because we made a commitment to God. But my commitment gets me up. My commitment says I'm going to put that away. My commitment says there's not going to be any shame or guilt in my life. My commitment says that I am serving the Lord. And I'm fully committed. So we should go on our lives with joy and peace and happiness. And and, and excited about the kingdom of God. Next Sunday I'm going to be sharing with you... uh, about our a, a vow of our commitment in marriage, but I, I don't I don't want to think because you're not married that you shouldn't be here because I'm just it's going to be bigger than that. The following week, I'm going to talk about a vow and our commitment to our family, and then we're going to talk about a commitment, a vow, a commitment to our, our, our the people around us in our city. But you know what? Today we're talking about our commitment to God. Our commitment to God. Because you know what? It's the basis for everything in our life. I would be a terrible father if I wasn't first committed to him. I can tell you right now, I'd be an awful husband without God. Oh, pastor, you're you're a good guy. No, listen, I'm like the apostle Paul. There ain't no good thing in me. without the Holy Spirit in my life, without my commitment to God, I'd just be a knucklehead. Right. But God's grace is sufficient in my life. He sustains me. He keeps me. He guides me. He leads me. His Holy Spirit is my teacher every day in my life. Years ago, I made a commitment to God that's, silly to some folks I made a commitment to God that I wouldn't listen to a, on a regular schedule I'm not saying that I don't listen to it ever because I walk into places and restaurants and sometimes my kids play it and I'm not legalistic about it but I don't it's not the, my radio is not tuned in my car to 70's and 80's rock music because there's something in that music that takes me back in a place in my life of my drug days and my party days and it carries me mentally to places I don't need to go and I made a commitment to God not for that not to be an appetite of mine it's not my appetite, it's not something I desire it's not something I want to eat of I've never preached from the pulpit that it's wrong to listen to secular music, that's my thing with God but I'm going to tell you how powerful that is in my life. It's powerful in my life because I've set some boundaries in my life. And that sounds so silly to you. But it sounds so sweet to God. You know where that came out of? God, I love you. I love you, God. There are just some things I'm just not going to do. I would tell my kids when they're listening, hey, Dad, you know that song? Oh, yeah, I can sing every lyric of that song. <laughs> Dad, have you ever heard this too? Oh, yeah, I know that too. But turn it off because right now I'm a little split. No. God's bigger than all of that. But I've made a commitment. Are you all understanding me this morning? Am I making any sense? If I'm making sense, say amen.